And now grassroots marketing takes our microphones out to the Valley of the Sun. And we're so you're speaking to the executive director of the Arizona Dispensaries Association. I'm here with Ann Torres. Ann, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to get to know you a little bit and share what's going on in the Arizona market. So there's been a few things in the Arizona market that we want to go ahead and bring up. Uh, first of all, there's a story I want to take from AZ Big Media first. And they talk about how since adult use has commenced since January 2021, cannabis sales for both adult use and uh, medical have both totaled more than almost $3 billion. And they talk about how the northern Arizona sector is growing. The results are including well-paid jobs in rural areas, quality products at dispensary across the state, and approved community services thanks to excise taxes. So the overview of the Arizona's market and where things are right now, what can you tell me about the rollout where things have been in Arizona and, you know, the trajectory, the projection, the, the progress has already been made so far? Well, we have been very excited to see how the rollout of adult use was adopted in Arizona. Um, you know, you never know what's going to happen when that uh, collision of the law and the actual sales comes to be. Um, we've been very happy in general with all that happened, but we also had the collision of that little thing called the pandemic at the same time. Right. So there was a lot of factors that sort of saw, you know, fed into the growth of the marketplace at a very rapid pace. And so what we're seeing now is sort of that normalization of all activities that's happened post-pandemic and post-excitement about adult use and really understanding the normalization of what adult use looks like in our marketplace. And I think the one thing that we have learned, and as much as um, the folks who wrote the proposition were trying to protect the medical market here, we've still seen a decline in the medical market and are concerned about that. Um, it is part of our legacy and part of our focus in the state of Arizona is to protect um, the rights of medical patients to have access to marijuana and for them to continue to get um, as many products as they need. And part of that is predicated on having a sound market. Now, one of the things I just made mention was excise taxes. So the taxation on dispensaries right now and the money is being made, there is quite a bit of transparency that's been put out there. Arizona Mira put out a story a couple of months ago talking about how tax revenues from cannabis sales in January hit more than $25 million. And for the first quarter of 2023, tax collections for cannabis totaled $71.8 million, a 10% increase over the last quarter of 2022. And 16% is now on recreational sales in addition to the standard sales tax. Medical patients pay 6% in state sales tax. And of what they're getting of those taxes, what's how it's being deviated. They're saying that one-third of those taxes are committed or dedicated to community college or provincial community college districts. 31% to public safety, including first responders, police, fire, uh, first responders. 25% of the Arizona Highway User Revenue Fund. 10% to justice reinvestment dedicating to public health services, counseling, job training, et cetera. So when you hear about what's been done right now in terms of the taxation the dispensaries are doing and what the money's going to, you know, talk to me about the sentiment about that. If that's where, if you, I mean, if it's kind of a, a feeling of, well, we're still paying a lot, that's 22% that's being taxed on every bit of cannabis being put out in the stores, but look where it's going to. Yeah, I think that that's that delicate balance between what will, you know, help get an initiative like Prop 207 over the finish line is having a sound um, tax 
policy related to that. You know, it's been interesting to see how, you know, like communities are impacted. The community college piece has been really fascinating to watch. You know, some of these smaller community colleges that have lost funding for other areas now have access. We're seeing, you know, some research projects being funded. Um, there's some interesting ones happening down at the University of Arizona related to uh, public safety and, you know, just being able to impact the community in a positive manner. I think what's unfortunate, I think sometimes those programs get launched and people forget that that came off the backs of the marijuana purchases and sales. Um, but, but we're happy to see, you know, that sort of outreach happening. You know, I think one thing that we would really like to see is more, you know, transparency of once it leaves, you know, from the Department of Revenue and is dispersed out to these organizations is really understanding the nuts and bolts of where it ends up through that final flow through of the tax process. I think that would be interesting for consumers to understand and for us as an industry to understand the impact that positive impact we can have in our state. While there's all those taxes that are being put and how they're being divvied, the one thing is that cannabis is making a lot of money because right now, two weeks ago, there was a story about how recreational cannabis sales broke the $100 million mark in a month. And that was on top of $32 million in medical marijuana sales. And that's incredible. That's really in a short amount of time to make that much money and to start reaching that mark on a regular basis. So, I mean, at the moment, when you look at where there's other states like New York and New Jersey that are just getting off the ground and you're seeing other states where you're going to get started, Maryland, others like that. But you see Arizona coming with implementation with all the other West Coast states coming into play pretty quickly. However, that's already been existing for a long time with California, Colorado, and others. Talk to me about where things are right now, about the fact that, there, that there's so much money being made right now. And, you know, has the market been able to go ahead and handle supply and demand? Has been, is it really just a matter of that, that amount of sales is just coming from inflation? What do you think is attributing to the increase of sales and how is it really benefiting these dispensaries? Yeah, well, there's a few factors. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply there. Um, but we are seeing a leveling of the marketplace. And so um, we think this did not have an overabundance, like a, a shortage of product at the launch of the adult use market. Mm-hmm. Um, that was fairly well thought out. So um, the where we see ourselves right now is actually as things have stabled out a bit is now we're seeing sort of this normalization and sort of a depletion of that rise in the marketplace. I think we're going to see things flatten out quite a bit. Um, We are seeing a drop in prices and we are seeing an overabundance and oversupply of product in the marketplace. So that balance factor hasn't really come into play fully in Arizona. And it's a painful one, as I'm sure you've seen across the country. Um, When we don't have, you know, national statistics and, you know, hundreds of years of data to be able to plan for these things, it's it's really a very fluid marketplace and you know to make sure that we can have the right amount of product for the amount of consumers we have and how can we grow the consumer market in a sound way um, I think that will be the next challenge for us as well is how can we continue to grow the Arizona adult use market as well as our medical market now one of the things you do with the Arizona dispensary Association for yourself is that uh, you work a lot with identifying at-risk, non-compliant behaviors, operational processes, and improving them. Uh, one of the projects you worked on was in a rural market where the business has shown a more than 100% increase in sales. Compliance, I want to ask you about, because there was a story that had come out. I didn't get, I just said it came out from Arizona Public Radio, talking about how health officials last month said there were several retailers in the state that voluntarily were recalling products because some of possible fungal contamination, aspergillus, was found, uh, which was something they wanted to go ahead and check on, but it was a voluntary recall of that. And lab tests showed some products could be contaminated with salmonella. And the recall applies to some live resident concentrate as well as some cannabis plants and trim. No illnesses were reported at this point, but those who purchased potentially contaminated products shouldn't consume them, shouldn't throw away. So I wanted to take the point of how, you know, the cannabis companies are also policing themselves that compliance is so important that I know there's only a certain level of compliance that the Cannabis Control Board in Arizona would probably have, but that other companies, you know, I wanted to get your take on the idea of where this is great to hear about self-policing. This is a voluntary recall that happened. But then the other fact of how compliance is so important right now, and there's a trend I've been reading, I've been talking to a lot of people interviewing about on Blood Business and this program about trying to instill good manufacturing practices as a personal component above and beyond what compliance standards a state might have. What are your thoughts on that? You know, so far what dispensaries and cultivators are doing and like to make sure the product is quality and on the shelves and it's not going to cause any harm. Right. 
You know, whenever we have um, the unfortunate incidents of a a recall or, you know, some sort of potential contamination, I think the industry just takes it very seriously because if we want to tout ourselves as a healthier option, we've got to have good product and, and good manufacturing out there. The Arizona Dispensaries Association represents about 80% of the license holders, multitudes of cultivators and brands. We also represent plant-touching and non-plant-touching entities, including some of the state-authorized labs. So as a collaboration, we as an industry are very focused on compliance. We have monthly compliance meetings. We have a separate compliance advisory committee. We have quarterly meetings with our regulator about strictly about compliance and interpretation of the rules. And the reason we focus so much on that is our industry cannot grow, will not grow if we do not um, put forth more stringent, um, you know, operational uh, processes to make sure that we have good products out there. And, you know, some there's, you know, some thought that it should always come from the regulator. Well, that could be, but sometimes these regulations we find, you know, what we know now, but what we didn't know 10 years ago, um, don't apply anymore. And so some of it has to be a little bit more fluid. So when we talk about, you know, the um, the case of like aspergillus or salmonella, that's something no cultivator, no producer wants to see in a test result. They don't want it. It's not because they're afraid of the manufacturing process of it, they're afraid that they would get someone ill. Nobody wants that to happen. So in these compliance meetings and compliance calls, it's always, it's probably the most well attended of our, our, of our meetings and membership. It's one of the things that everyone finds the most helpful is how do we as a community elevate each other? So whether it's, um, you know, how can we work better with our state OSHA department? How can we work better with the Department of Agriculture and Weights and Measures? I mean, there's so many regulators now involved. It's not just the original cannabis regulator of the Department of Health. There's just a multitude of other agencies that we have to understand how to work with. Um, we're a big industry and we have to behave as such. So. Right. And also, I like the fact of it wasn't earlier this year that you're your team at Arizona Specialties Association has partnered with the Poison Control Centers in Tucson and Phoenix to help create awareness of any possible cases of cannabis-related incidents. Because of the fact that just last year, over 700 cases were cannabis-related incidents of poison control, and half of them involved children. So there's those areas that I really I love that you're also being just very well aware and that there's a real proactive approach to compliance and to safety among the dispensaries there. Uh, real quick before we wrap things up, you know, when you look at where things are, what can you tell me about in terms of investment into the community? And, you know, uh, there are other MSOs coming into space and what you see in terms of growth, if there's a threshold right now on how many more dispensaries could come into the market, or do you feel like while there's a normalization on the amount of sales coming in, there's going to be a normalization as to how many dispensaries are going to be opening up every day? Yeah, we are a limited license market. So we are capped at 169 licenses right now. And those licenses um, include those dispensary licenses. I think that for the state of Arizona, that's an appropriate number of the number of lice, of uh, dispensary retail locations based on um, the population, the adoption rate of cannabis in our state until we start to see a larger adoption rate 
and you know issues in us being able to handle that from a retail perspective. It doesn't seem that there's a need for additional retail locations. It's really that balance of what the industry can support and you know make sure that we have long-term strategies for ourselves, the operators, and the employees that we um, have the honor of hiring and you know mentoring through this uh, wonderful industry and what the communities are really wanting to see in, in the state as well. Arizona, um, in both the adult use market and the medical market, really the voters came out and very strongly said, you know, we do not want a dispensary on every corner. We do not want to see a proliferation of this. And we want to make sure that the industry is able to stand soundly and not have issues with um, a ton of failures and business failures due to the lack of business. So... I want to just add one little update to the fact of that volunteer recall that after the fact, the Arizona Department of Health Services actually retested all the the supposed contaminated, the ones that were recalled, and they were found free of contaminants. So false alarm, but still important to know that that kind of safety and that kind of diligence, that vigilance is pretty much well set across the board. Uh, and I want to go and just take a minute to go and let people know more about the Arizona Dispensary Association and how they can go ahead and work with you and your team. Um, so real quickly, where can they go to learn more information, websites, social media? How can they go ahead and learn more and get, get, get involved as well? The best way to get involved in the Arizona cannabis industry is to start with uh, the Arizona Dispensaries Association. Go to our website, azdispensaries.org, and you'll learn a lot about who our members are, the types of businesses that we represent, and that you can schedule a call with myself or my associate, our program and membership director, Chris Steely, and learn more about how our industry works a little uniquely than other markets, and then how you can be a part of it. I think there's still a ton of opportunities here. Even with a limited license, there's a, a great deal of ways to get involved in, in the cannabis space in Arizona, and we're happy to talk to you about it. Fantastic. So really appreciate it. And you know what? It's always nice to get to talk to some folks from Arizona. So many great people in Arizona working on behalf of cannabis. So I'm glad to go and make acquaintance with you. And uh, let's definitely keep in touch and, you know, let us know anything else that goes along. But again, uh, I've been joined again by Ann Torres, the executive director of the Arizona Dispensaries Association, azdispensaries.org. And thanks for being on. Thank you so much for having us. Have a beautiful day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.